Welcome along to the South Coast Football Holic, powered by UOW TV. You're listening to Jared Tim and special guest Dylan Arvella. We'll be talking about all things football in the Illawarra region because, well, we're good at talking rubbish, so might as well publish it, see how it goes. So here we are. Timmy, Dill, welcome along. How was your weekend? Yeah, it wasn't too bad, man. What did you get up to? Oh, I did a bit of refereeing. Refereeing, where at? Uh, Up at Rilla, actually. Rilla. Who who did they play? They were playing Balgowney and... uh, Colin Walker had a stormer. Stormer? What yeah. Did, what did the score end up? It was 4-3 in the end. It was a hat-trick for, for Colin. It was incredible. Hatty for Colin. How's that? Dill, what did you get up to on the weekend? Um, I uh, went to a couple games on the weekend. I watched a Bulldogs troll against Gun Garland. They won that one 3-1. It was an interesting performance. It was an hour and a half late for the kickoff. Gun Garland didn't get the... Uh, Memo of when the game was about to kick off, and then I watched the second half of Flame. They went down to Parramatta, two goals to nil. Yeah, um, second loss on the trot for the Flame. Yeah, poor start not, not to the, the season. Best start. Bit unlucky, but uh, got to say, I'm I'm happy to be on your first podcast uh, for this new new venture of yours, and uh, wishes all the best. Yeah, pleasure to have you along. Obviously, an experienced experienced head, along with two. Um, Inexperienced head, I guess. That's yeah, I don't really know say. what you'd, you'd say there. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> Tim's, Tim's a smiling head at the moment. Tim's <laughs> a smiling, yeah, that's for sure. So um, we'll get this started, but we also wanted to make a little quick plug into our socials as well, so our Facebook, our Instagram and Twitter. Be sure, follow us on Facebook the South, at the South Coast Footballholic. Our Instagram is at South Coast Footballholic and our Twitter is at SC Footballholic. So what were we discussing this week, Tim and Dill? Big issues going around at the moment, the coronavirus pandemic. What effect is it going to have on Illawarra football? We don't want to talk about it possibly postponing games, but there is a good possibility that this could happen over the next few weeks. We just hope not, but we'll see how it goes. We'll touch on the FFA Cup over the weekend. There's some massive wins from our local clubs and a little communication mishap as well up in Griffith. Uh, we'll also discuss our rep team results or lack of results for the Wolves. Obviously, their game got washed out against Mount Druitt. We're going to discuss who's who in the zoo, IPL's new signings, player movements across the local league for sure. And we're going to preview the 2020 season for the Illawarra Premier League and Illawarra District League. Who's primed for a big year and who's in a bit of strife? We'll get started. The coronavirus obviously has sent shockwaves through the world at the moment postponing almost every sporting event under the sun, except for the NRL and AFL, of course. They're playing behind closed doors. It's a massive topic, even locally, with the season starting this weekend. The Frack Cup was postponed. Obviously, that was postponed for a reason. Football South Coast released a statement earlier saying apparently some players involved came in contact with the virus or coming in contact with a guy who got tested for the virus, but that guy got cleared negative yesterday so there's obviously no issues around that but you've got to applaud them I guess for um, for postponing it early rather than too late and taking the risk for the players safety what's your opinions on that? Well I think that it was a move that that had to happen I understand it was one of the teams in the final uh, potentially came into contact with someone that was was like you said tested for coronavirus up in a, tr- a trial match uh, about a week or so ago and when that came to light I believe it came to light through Football New South Wales getting in touch with Football South Coast it was a sensible decision because obviously health comes first the big concern I think going forward is that obviously the Scott Morrison government's put forward the 500 uh, limit for gatherings and obviously not many IPL games or games in the Illawarra go beyond 500 but the concern I probably have is the fact that a majority of the people that do go to these games are older people Uh, Mm -hmm. so um, 
I, I don't know too much of the details regarding it, but I do know that Football South Coast are having a meeting with clubs this week to uh, to not necessarily make any set decisions, but discuss the issue with them because, uh, you know, as, as uh, you guys are both on Twitter and social media and whatnot, things are changing uh, by the hour with this. So I think Football South Coast just want to uh, try and be open with the clubs and see where it goes. Yeah, go forward with that. What do you reckon will happen to, with the IP on the district league? Do you reckon we're going to end up having a season put back a couple of weeks or do you reckon, what's, what, what's your take on it, Tim? What yeah, well, I think, I think in these situations you have to be proactive. I think we've seen too much of it being reactive and going, oh, well, now this is happening, so yeah. let's do something about it. So I think if you're thinking like that, uh, uh, being proactive and postponing it back a little bit, especially considering it hasn't started and we don't have any results yet, I think that would be a, a good decision. But look, it's up to Football South Coast and, and those above yeah. to see what happens. Yeah. Oh, well, obviously, because I do coaching as well, so we get, we've been receiving a lot of information at the moment about strict practices like the social social distancing is hard when you when you're trying to run a session for example keep, keep it one and a half meters away you can't do that i've so, got obviously I, as well. there's a big part of me that would just love the season to start this weekend and it looks like it is going to start this weekend but there is a there is a part of me that does think that you know it probably should be delayed for uh for the foreseeable before things sort of uh before we are to the point where we've got a clearer picture of what's going on um and I think it should be said that football New South Wales, football South Coast rather, are unlikely to be the the uh, the body that makes the final decision. They'll probably be uh, talked to by football New South Wales, who will be talked to by Football Federation Australia, and I think that uh, they'll be encouraged to their their decision will depend on uh, what way those higher governing bodies push them. Yeah. So. Big issue, obviously. Probably not the best week to start a podcast. First topic, we're not even talking about football. We're talking about a, a virus. Well, a frat cut would have been a good so, thing to Yeah, it would have been really. a good recap. But um, unfortunately, that's our frat cut recap for this week. <laughs> we'll move on now to some actual football. So FFA Cup, couple of games on the weekend. And late last week, of course, we'll start off with uh, Tarawana Blueys got up over San Susi, San Suchi, got up 3-2 after San Suchi, I 3-2 after extra time. So the Blueys were down 1-0 until about, I think, a minute to go. And own goal sent them through the extra time. Apparently Tyson Black ball whipped into the box. Must have been glanced into the back of the net by a San Suzy defender by reports. So, sent it in extra time. Blueys continued before uh, they won a penalty very late in the game. And then Matt Naylor stepped up to f- finish the penalty, slotted past the keeper to the bottom right hand corner of the net and sealed the victory 3 2 at the end of the game. I believe it was uh, Ian McLennan Park. Yeah, it was. Yep. Yes, it was. It was Ian McLennan Park, yeah. yep. Uh, do you reckon Tarawana can go one better than last year? They obviously they had a big FFA Cup run last year. They were the fairy tale side of the competition for a long while now. Uh, they had an interesting run last year. Obviously got through a fair few rounds. Not sure about the opposition they played last year, and I think uh, unfortunately we'll get onto them later. But I, don't, I think their squads are a bit thin at the moment, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how much Peter Willis prioritises the uh, FFA Cup this mm. year. They do have a couple of young guys for sure. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. A couple of young guys I've even played with over the years. So and you're they very do young, have. So. Uh, I'm not that young anymore. I'm only what twenty. Uh, moving on, 
Albion Park White Eagles. This is probably the result of the competition at the moment. They defeated Epping 31-0. So I know what you're thinking. If you haven't heard of this before, 31-0, what's on going on there? Apparently, this is according to reports, so it's unconfirmed reports, apparently Epping FC's first team were in isolation due to the coronavirus. Don't know how true that is, but we'll just go with it. But um, we'll leave it with the football. So Cameron Morgan picked up 14 goals. Jordan Nikolovsky picked up five. So quite a statement. Yeah, I mean, you want to put it down to that? They obviously, they yeah. played Epping's under 17s in the end. They sent down their under 17s. It's a controversial topic. It can go both ways, but you know what? Albion Park, they can only play what's in front of them, and they did that. So I guess like you can't. I guess you can't blame them for that. Honestly. Yeah, it's, it's an awkward situation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You got you got obviously they've brought in a fair few players, which we're going to touch on later, but um. They're all fine spots. The season starts this week. What can you... You can't do much about it, obviously. So, um, yeah, so big win for Albion Park. They're on to the next round of the FA Cup. Now, Wollongong Olympic. This was... I don't know. This is it's strange. From, it, was it was strange. Strangest, one of the strangest things I've ever heard. So, apparently, Olympic were meant to play Ugali FC up at Griffith on Saturday. Apparently, Olympic uh, emailed Football New South Wales and Ugali FC the night before that they needed to push the game back. But apparently, Ugali didn't receive the message. So they turned up on Saturday afternoon, ready to go for a game, and nobody from Wollongong Olympic was inside. And they apparently didn't get the message. So Yeah, it's strange as well, because the referees were there, the team were there. So clearly there's been a communication breakdown where someone hasn't been told something. And so it'll be interesting to see how football mm. in New South Wales deal with this. Yeah, Yo, well, that's the that's the other topic. What are you reckon um, football in New South Wales is going to do about this one? Who are they going to... They're going to replay the game. No, well, meet halfway or something like that. Well, I think that, um, like, I've seen the the email that Wollongong Olympic have had sent to Yagali, and fair enough, they did communicate that to them. However, that was late on the evening before the game. Uh, clearly, they haven't got in touch with them the next day, which perhaps they should have. Uh, and clearly, Yagali didn't check their email in the morning, which also they perhaps they shouldn't. Uh, the suggestions of a game being played halfway is a bit ridiculous. Obviously, I've lived in the country for the last year, and teams teams are travelling two or three hours each way to play regular mm. season games. So I think mm. that uh, if you're entering the competition, you should be willing to travel. Obviously, Olympic, uh, there was underlying reasons to why they didn't travel, but I think football New South Wales in the end. Uh, will lean in favour of Yagali going through the next round, which is a good thing for Cal Barron out there uh, reporting for the area news because I believe he was there the one that, and he was the one that broke the uh, this uh, story. Yeah, so. Insider knowledge on the South Coast Footballholic. You heard it here first. Uh, finally, UOWFC. They unfortunately went down to West Pennant Hills Cherry Brook three goals to one. Ends their cup run, but at least they entered. They played the game in good spirits from all reports. Moving on now, we're going to head to our representative sides. Now, Wolves against Mount Druitt. Now, that was called to be washed out, I believe, Saturday they called it. So they called it quite early. But the talk is that this game was called off by a Mount Druitt committee member and without an independent official from Football New South Wales being sent out. What's your thoughts on that, well, if that's true? It's... 
Well, it's allegedly been called off because of wet weather, which I yeah. think is a, a pretty uh, peaceful reason for the MPL one because it wasn't raining that much over the weekend. Mm. It was a fair bit of rain, to be fair, but uh, I think Luke Wilshere came out and said that, look, there needs to be better protocols in place, and I think that he's well well within his right to voice those opinions. There's there's plenty of options that could be moved to one of the many synthetic fields in uh, Sydney or a mm. fixture could have been rever- reversed. I do believe that the Wolves had a inter-club match uh, to make up for it on mm. the weekend. So, But, yeah, they're, what, two games behind the eight yeah. ball now? So well, there's a, there was a similar that. scenario with the Flame last year. They believe it played at Auburn. It was early in the season, but we had a fair bit of rain around that time of year, and I remember Auburn's ground like was shut. But they reversed the fixture. They played the fixture at Ian McLennan Park, synthetic field. Worked out well in the end. In the end, the second time they were meant to go up to Auburn, as well, that got rained out as well. So they ended up playing both games at Ian McLean Park. Still played to get two games. Nothing you're, wrong with you that. Also, would like to think the the organisation for the the top flight would also be. Well, if we want to establish a prim- uh, professional setup in in the state, like that, surely would be the least the, the least issues. Like it should be able to solve that for sure. But um. Yeah, so the Wolves will look to bounce back after their defeat to North Shore the week before. Hopefully, I know, I know for a fact Wilkshire will have, have the boys up and running, ready to go. For yeah, he definitely wasn't happy after that. I spoke yeah, to him after, well, yeah, you don't blame him, to be honest. He's a very competitive coach. He was a competitive player. And looks like judging from last year and early signs of this year, he's, in, kind of, he's instilled that into his players as well. Obviously, some new recruits, but... He's got a good squad there. He's got a good squad. He's a squad that he can build with for sure going into the late year. Marconi looks strong, though. They looked strong the first couple of rounds. Yeah, it'll be interesting. interesting game coming up, that one. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Moving on now to MPL4. The South Coast Flame went down to Parramatta Eagles on Saturday night. Two goals to nil. Uh, unfortunate own goal from Carlo Stella. And on the 70th minute, Parramatta basically punished the turn of the game and 2-0 loss so concerning signs do you think oh look I I think it's only two games of course I mean yeah of course but I think it's sort of you can see later on in the game all their goals have been conceded in the second half in the two games played which means potentially that you're seeing a side that's tiring later on in the game which is obviously concerning but I think in, in patches they're playing well and and so you sort of have to take that into account but uh, I think it's about time and, and you'll see potentially better results to come mm. in the future. Well, they're away to Western New South Wales this weekend. So, I was, I was talking to Football New South Wales reporter Justin Smith, who covers the MPL4, and he does he does say that Parramatta and Football uh, University of New South Wales are teams that are going to be pretty competitive this year, and their results so far sort of suggest that. Um, uh, I did see, like I've mentioned, the second half of that game on the weekend, and it was an unfortunate goal, own goal, the first one, and the second one was... Uh, quite a hit. Uh, Flame did miss some really good chances. Lewis Connell and Sandy Lowcock uh, scuppered some chances that they really, really should have been putting away. Um, and uh, I think obviously they'd recognise that as well. And you know, I'm not, I'm not too sure what's what's really missing there. But uh, they were in the game, and yeah, they sort of uh, let themselves down. Interesting enough, Western Mariners is also the uh, first game that the Flame ever played as well. I remember, I was part of that day. Yeah, down at the foot of Lithgow Mountains. You yeah. end up at Marjorie Jackson Oval. What a day that was, huh? Yeah. We got smacked 5-2. <laughs> 
Moving on, next segment. Stay with us. We'll be back with a South Coast Footballholic in just a sec. Welcome back to the South Coast Footballholic. You listen to Jared, Tim, and Dylan Arvella. Oh, Football South Coast Report. He's making a comeback, of course. <laughs> Uh, this segment, segment number two, we're touching on our player movements and new signings, and boy, there's been a lot of them. Introduction to the all-age reserve grade this season for 2020. Squads are getting bigger. A lot more people are signing on first grade in some squads. Let's get into the player movement, shall we? We'll start off with Wollongong Olympic. They've brought in... Quite a, quite guess, a few good players. I guess, yeah. I guess you could say this guy we're going to talk about, Yu Hasegawa, he's kind of like their... Yusuke Ueda replacement, I guess. He's a striker. He's got 341 professional gains with the majority of that in the J-League and 62 professional goals. Now, the thing with you, obviously, we, we don't know what he brings to the league yet. We haven't, with my own eyes, I haven't seen him play. Same here, yeah. But all reports from what people have seen him, heard he's strong, Heard he can score a goal or two, obviously, and that he's the perfect replacement for Ueda. Obviously, he's got the pedigree. What are your thoughts on this signing? Well, I mean, look, if you're seeing it, seeing someone who's similar to the way Ueda played, that's ideal for what you want. You know, obviously, they were league champions last year, and, and why would you change something that's already working? Mm. And so I think a signing like that could be very useful, especially if he does score goals. Yeah, yeah of course. And the next guy, Corey Haynes. Came here from Wanuna last year, and he's probably the best guy you at the moment you want alongside Hasegawa. Ten goals for Wanuna in his breakout 2019 season. He scored four goals in the Frat Cup in his two games, I believe. No, sorry, three. They did play three, didn't they? He yet? scored a lot of those against Wanuna. <laughs> yeah, he scored yeah. a hatty against his old yes, club as well, did. didn't he? For sure. Now, he did come up from the District League all the way through the Premier League. He got his Premier League debut last season. Tim, your opinion on this as well? Look, I, th- I think it's an excellent signing. I think what he offers you is pace and, and he has the ability to shoot and cross. He, he has end product, which I think is key, especially when you have potentially a player who is going to play out wide. I think he, he offers them something similar and, and, and being able to cross it in and getting getting headers for, for the striker is going to be very useful. He's quick. He's yeah. quick. He's, yeah, that, that he's one of the quickest useful. attackers in the league at the moment. Dill, your thoughts on the signing? Yeah, Corey... Corey Ames Gross as a player, he came through a bull eye. I think he probably would have had a couple of first grade games there, but but he was I think he was a youth grade captain at some stage and he went down to he went up went to Thrall, developed there, was one of the best players in that league for a number of a number for three or four years. He went to Wanuna and he was tremendous for them last year as a player that's very quick. He is capable uh, from set pieces. Um, and, you know, the front three of uh, Corey Haynes, Gross, Julia Minatello and Yu Hasegawa, who I'll comment on now as well. We, it's a, it's a, got plenty of potential. I've only seen... I've seen Hasegawa, like, uh, face-to-face. He's a, he's a big, tall guy. Doesn't seem as muscular as your waiter. The thing about your waiter is, obviously, his pedigree wasn't as high when he came to the league compared to uh, Hasegawa and... Uh, yeah, that's it's a very interesting signing. I believe it came from through, through uh, Tashiro, the former Wolf striker. I believe they're friends, and I believe Hasegawa is actually going to university at the UIW mm. as well. So that'll be that's a little partnership for them there. But yeah, three hundred plus games in the J League, J one in back in two thousand eighteen. So only two years ago, it's pretty pretty impressive. But um, in saying that, until he does it in the league in this particular league, particular league, uh, there's still um, 
still question marks your way to scored over 100 goals in four years but uh yeah the pedigree is definitely there and uh he's a he's a pretty bona fide striker it's just about uh you know he's got to still got to show up and put it in the back of the net i guess mm. Yeah, for sure. Ueda's obviously gone back home. Obviously, he's gone back to Japan, um, playing the lower leagues. I think he's trying, he's trying, trying his hand at trying to get into the J three, so their third division, which I think splits up into regional divisions. Yeah. So uh, best of luck to him. It was, you know, fantastic to have him in the league over the last few years. He could score a goal, couldn't he? Yeah, he knew but, how to score a goal. <laughs> but Olympic, you know, they've got they've, um, you know, I don't know whether you're touching on. On more of what they're doing, but you know they've also got James Bordalcino, the former Wolves player. He's come in. He's been playing centre mid for them, a centre back uh, for playing for the Wolves and for Marconi more recently. He's been playing centre back, and uh, you know he's a he's a fantastic addition as well. He's got games over in the Maltese First Division as well. But they've had some big outs as well. Brendan Fordham, their captain, Vaughan Patterson. It's a big loss for Fordham. Uh, he was yeah. an, he was an engine in their midfield. He yeah. was the one who kept them together. Although they do still have every and Fordham at the back, which is going to become big, big towards the end of the season. It's going to make a big difference. Obviously, if you don't score any goals, you don't lose any games. So it's good to see they've shorn that up. Moving on now, Hasegawa, obviously we're talking about probably the guy who, with regards to pedigree, who's out of our signings, the only one who probably beats him is none other than now Coromel's Mark Bridge. Obviously, he... Signing came as a bit of a shock to most everyone. It kind of came out of the blue a little bit, didn't it? Sure, obviously, Bridge was at Mounties Wanderers last season. I think he caught a couple of games under his belt up there. But, um, yeah, let's just run it through. 288 professional games for Bridge, 69 professional goals. He's got two caps for the Socceroos, 23 Oliveroos caps with three goals. Selected for the 2008 Beijing Olympic squad for Australia. He's won the A-League. And he's won the Asian Champions League, but he is now the second player who's won the Asian Champions League to play in the IPL. You know who the other one is? Uh, if I look at my notes, I do, but yeah. how about you tell us? <laughs> None other than Cho Bjorn Cook of South Coast United. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so funny information there. We don't only have one, but we have got two ACL winners in there now. So obviously excellent acquisition to the team. It just continues to highlight. Obviously, we must be doing something right. We're attracting players of that caliber, even though he's he's retired from professional football, which, oh, which wasn't that long ago. To be it fair, it wasn't. No, yeah. it was only very, very recent. Though, obviously, he's the Western Sydney Wanderers' top goal scorer of all time, right now. But um, massive signing, Tim. Massive signing. Oh, look, one hundred percent. I think it's a quality acquisition, as we've said. Uh, when you get a player of that quality. In, in a team like Coromel, it just levels them up again. Obviously, with Van Elia remaining at the club as well. That's another big signing. Another yeah, big a, a pure goal scorer there. With a player like Mark Bridge, you're going to see a, a lot of combination play and I'm sure a lot of goals. He, even if, well, obviously, he's, he, you, can't, you can't be as quick as what you were when you were playing professional. Obviously, he's a bit older now. But he's still going to attract players, attract fans to the games, coronavirus impending. But, um, yeah, like... It, it it just brings attention to the game, obviously, and that's it. at the least that's going to be what's happening, providing we do have crowds, of course, just quietly or <laughs> games. But um, brought up the question: Is he the biggest signing we've ever seen in the IPL? Is he the biggest signing we've seen? Tim's volume. This is you, mate. This is all you. <laughs> Big question is: We've had 
It's we had a, quite a few players over the years. It's a it's a fantastic signing for the league. The different like I'm not going to doubt Bjorn Cook uh, Cho's pedigree because it's, obviously it's phenomenal. You know, he, a dozen cats for career as well, and he's a tremendous player. Just watching him as well, fantastic Olympian as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the fact that Mark Bridge is also an Australian, you know, that's that does have a lot of appeal as well. Um, and yeah, it will definitely bring people through the gates. You do, we did mention earlier, and you just mentioned then the concerns over spectators. So whether that's uh, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, he hasn't trolled, so he hasn't trolled for them. He's been training with them and whatnot, but he hasn't trolled with them. So I'm not sure how he's going to go in that sense. Um, or he hasn't trolled with them, to my knowledge. But in terms of other players that are that are, can probably challenge him, uh, the likes of Hasegawa, like we've we've mentioned. Uh, his teammate Alvin Checkley, of course, he's uh, Australian international. He's actually won two continental championships as well, with the one with the Wolves, one with Sydney FC, the Oceania. I would argue, I, I would argue Checkley. He's been here for so long, like he's forty five, God's sake. He's Check- still going. <laughs> it's interesting, Checkley. You know, now he's an IPL legend, and obviously he was a fantastic player coming into the league as well. It's an interesting debate. Is Mark Bridge a more high-profile player than Checkley was when he came into the league? That's a that's an interesting debate. Dean Heffernan played for. Um, Bulleye probably five or six years ago Miller Yedinak played for South Coast United for a season back before he joined Central Coast Mariners Matt Horsley's played in the league Scott Chipperfield's played in the league Chris Jackson 60 appearances for New Zealand played for Dandaloo back in the day and uh, special mention as well George Sirius he played for Coniston and Bulleye he's had a distinguished career in the NSL obviously a wide range of NSL clubs as well but he had a long long career in the old mm. NSL and the New South Wales Premier League, he's pr- is he still going? He, I think he's under the boots now. Going. I think he's, I think he's fifty now. No, yeah. he, he was uh, he was coaching a bit for the Flame a couple of years ago. He and, was, uh, yeah. In training at times, he looked pretty good. So he was, he, yeah. no doubt, he was a pretty hatch off for his age for sure. I'm, I'm going to yeah. be sending the, a link to this podcast when it comes out to Peter, <laughs> Peter, Peter Dent. So I want to mention also back in the day. Atia Bonnie also played for Coromore. You guys probably... I've actually sent a link to this guy to... to you have. Uh, I have read this. I have read he's, this. He's played 60-odd games for Australia, and he played for Coromore about four, 30, 40 years ago, and he's, mm-hmm. uh, he was in that the first ever Australian side to play in a World Cup, so... Well, there you uh, go. You know, obviously, uh, that's uh, in terms of pedigree, that's quite up there as well. Oh, but there's, there's been a lot of players. A lot of players. Uh, you touched on it earlier, Tim. Van Elliott, he's back for another season. Top scorer, top goal scorer last season and player, George Nail Miller's winner. Dangerous. This guy, he is absolutely dangerous. Apparently, he had a run at Blacktown City, I believe, in the MPL 1 over the offseason, had a little trial there. But he's back with us and we're glad to have him back as well. Obviously, like Bridge, he provides something different. Like Haskell, he provides something different. It's something different. So, what do you reckon? Is he going back to back, George Nail Miller's, you reckon? Well, I mean, he's got the right personnel around him to do so. Oh, for sure. Um, I think a lot of that will, will depend on how Coram will perform this season. Obviously, yeah. sides around them have strengthened a lot. Uh, but but again, it'll be very interesting to see how they do this year. Well, you look, uh, special mention as well to Banri Kanazumi and Tomoki Wada in the NPL 1. Obviously, they signed for Rockdale. Kanazumi made the team of the week round one. Just found out this morning, Wada made the team of the week for round three. So that's quite a couple of people. Like, obviously, we knew how good they were in here, but there was a couple of people that I've heard who were questioning how good they'd go. No questions anymore. 
they're up there. They're one of the league's best at the moment. Uh, Elliot, I want to make a special mention as well. Uh, Rick Goodchild and Morlando obviously have gone across the Coromel as well. They were critical keeping Tarawana together last year. Obviously, they were two very good players for Tarawana. Looking to make the trip across the highway now to the the Coromel Rangers. What's your thoughts on that? Well, again, two two more quality players added added to the squad. I think you can never have enough good quality players in a team. Um, again, adding to adding to the depth, and uh, they're very two very good players. So, positive stuff there. Deal. Yeah, Wada and Bunnery are massive losses. Nick Lowe, the goalkeeper as well, he's uh, gone to MPL two. But um, I guess probably the only query at the moment is the defence. Checkley's had a had an injury throughout preseason, I believe. Obviously, Bunnery's left. Uh, there is two Japanese that have come in that I've only seen once, so it's hard to give it a, a fantastic gauge on that. So there's a query over that. But uh, yeah, definitely in attack, they look to have uh, plenty of options going forward. Melendo is a fantastic attacking fullback, potential to even play on the wing, uh, depending on how uh, Rob Janowski plays his cards. But yeah, Coromel are a uh, look look to be one of the contenders this year. Dean Pender's back, isn't he? Yeah, He's Dean back for Pender. another year. Scott Chipper, field medalist. He had an absolute outstanding game that grand final. Uweder couldn't. Uweder couldn't couldn't go. He couldn't breathe. He always had two players on him. And Pender was quite that. He was a big reason for that him and Kanazumi in the centre of that Coromel defence last year were just absolutely immense. And one of the big reasons why they ended up taking home the Grand Final trophy and win stadium at the end of the season. Moving on now. Now this club has absolutely brought in the big guns, the Albion Park White Eagles. Plenty of reinforcements. One of the first comes to mind, obviously, Showtime Shohei Okuno is back. He returns from Hakoa FC after being part of their unfortunately relegated side from the FPL 1 last year. Ranking in terms of players in the league, we were talking about earlier, the best player in the league, I reckon, and I don't know if this is biased because I did used to play for the White Eagles, I reckon Okuno's season in 2016, I reckon that from what I've seen, I reckon that's the best season individually I've I've seen. Mm. I reckon. Were you here, Tim? It was before. Was I don't know. I, I can't remember. I've <laughs> lost track. In 2016, but yeah, that individual in terms of an individual season, that was simply sensational. I, I haven't seen much better. If he, if he continued on with, oh, well, he did. He did for he did the next season. When the next obviously, year, but I yeah. believe he had a he had a. An, an arm injury of, of, of some sort that sort of hindered him a bit in Albion Park had a, a few things going on uh, around the place and yeah just the magic didn't seem to happen but yeah the excitement of having him back is fantastic obviously it didn't work out at a goal for him but uh, we've all well we've seen we've seen what he can do and for the league's sake we just hope that he can uh, do similar of course moving on next one Jordan Nikolovsky from the Wolves he's over at Albion Park right now Compliments likes of Cody Waller, Cameron Morgan up top, and Akuno as well. Scored quite a few goals this preseason. Taking out, taking out the has. Epping game as well. Even the Frack Cup and in the other games, he he knows how to find the back of the net. This and, that, and that's important, especially for a side that will will be up there at the end of the year. You need someone in there that is going to be scoring goals. And so it's good that he does do that. Yeah. He is quick. He is quick. I remember a couple of years back, even before he went to the Wolves, he was playing first grade at Kemble Referee at like 17, so 16, I, don't, I can't remember. But it was around that age group. And he's 
he's like Nick Wigg. He's someone you have to watch, and he's very, very dangerous. Now, one of the least, or I wouldn't say least hyped up signings of this one, Brendan Fordham from Olympic, but I reckon he's one of the most crucial signings the Albion Park have made. He was Mr. Reliable for Olympic for the seasons he was with them. He was the engine that held that team together. What do you reckon his impact is is going to be on the Albion Park midfield? Well, I think he's a tremendous player. I think he starts for every team in this in this competition. He's an absolute workhorse. I think he's a huge loss for Bullingham Olympic. And I think that he'll be one of the first names that Jason Dafkowski has on the team sheet at the Albion Park White Eagles in a in a midfield that inc- that will include probably that they, they have signed a lot of players, but Ben Zuko and Shohei Akuno in front of them, and that's and you got Robbie Del Banco in there as well. There as He's well. been there for many years now. Jake Layton, a grand uh, player that's played in a grand final, a number of players that can play in midfield, but you'd argue that those three, whether Del Banco comes in, is is definitely a contender. Um, Probably makes up the best, arguably the best midfield in the competition. But yeah, Fordham's a tremendous player, tremendous leader. And uh, yeah, like I said, would get a run for any team in the comp. Uh, you touched on him, Ben Zuko as well. Obviously, he's come across from the Rangers last year. He missed out on the grand final, I believe it was yes, due to suspension. suspension. He did get, uh, I think it was two yellow cards. He got two yeah. yellow cards in the end. Disappointing for him. Obviously, he'll want to make up for that with his Albion Park side. Obviously, he does have connections with the coach. But, um, yeah, this guy, he's he's got the X factor that can turn the game on its head, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think it was last year. No, it was the year before that. I'm pretty sure I named him my player of the season. Player of the season, yeah. Yeah, well, I think it was back when he's playing for Port Kemba. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he really he really stood out. I think his technique, the, the way he passes the ball, his ability to also defend, he's tenacious and he's aggressive in the way in which oh, he defends. Agro, which is, agro, for sure, yeah. yeah. He can win a ball. Uh, moving on now that we're going to touch on newcomers, Balambi Rosellas. They make the step up to the top flight this year. Obviously lost a few players due to from the, their district league winning side last year due to players basically taking a step back, not reckoning, yet. Yeah, I'm at the district league. I'm not up to Premier League standard. I'll step back, let the other guys come through. Uh, package deal, they brought in Vaughan Patterson and Bryce Darnell. Patterson, obviously, former Georgia Naylor medalist, comes in from Olympic. Bryce Darnell came in from Fern Hill, yes. And uh, these two were part of Albion Park's 2016 grand final winning side, like we were touching on when we were talking about Akuno. Patterson, he could be a huge signing, keeping their midfield together. Could be, but they haven't had the best preseason, Tim. No, well, I mean, it's kind of hard with the preseason because they, they've played two really top teams in, in Wollongong Olympic yeah. and Tarawana. And if I'm not sure what their, goal, what their goals are this season, but if it's to try and avoid potential relegation, you know, that's probably not the best gauge of how they're performing, you know, when they're, when they're playing against sides that are that, that, that good. But, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I think what is positive is that they have made signings and they've brought in quality signings. Obviously, people like Patterson... They're, they're talented and, and they have the potential to change games for them. Watson Cup and Cuthbertson from the Berg as well. And that's Coming goals. to the Premier League yeah. and all that is goals. Uh, they did get a 2-1 win against Winuna though, up at Emma Clem Park one night oh. in pre-season. So they, have, they do have a win for this pre-season. But um, let's just see how they can go. They're kind of the unknown of it's this difficult, Premier League. It's difficult to say, it's, yeah. di- it's difficult to call anything around this time of year, obviously, because you haven't seen much. A lot of new players, a lot of player movements changing with this all-age reserve grade rule. And um, it's hard to call, Dill. It's hard to call. 
Uh, Balambi actually played. They played Oak Flats in a trial match on Tuesday night that I went out to. They won that game 9-1. Oak Flats had a few play, like about five players out, but a player that caught my eye was uh, Kenta Ichima. Yeah, let me try that again. Ichima, <laughs> what a Japanese translator. Uh, a left winger that looked quite lively, and he's a player that could uh, really be good for them. I'm really excited to see Cuthbertson in the league. He's a player that's been arguably uh, in the top three players in the district league for the last few years, so he's uh, definitely worth... Uh, Worth this is definitely a great signing for Balambian to see how they go. I think that the the signings that they have made, you've mentioned Patterson, you've mentioned Darnell. I did notice they put up a Facebook post looking for another goalkeeper, and it seemed I'm not sure whether it's because of a Darnell injury. I hope for their sake it's not. Um, they've got they've made a, enough signings to say that they've they're a real chance of uh, avoiding the threat of relegation this year. So and you know Andrew Payne is a young coach uh, that's uh, done good things with the club over the last two years, so he's earned his chance in the top flight. Yeah, it's going to be a very tight season this year once it gets underway. Uh, next up, Bulleye. Obviously, Bulleye par year last year. Obviously, they had a coach, a coach, um, coach uh, step back about halfway through the year. They still came out with some silverware, though. They did win the Burt Bampton Cup. So, not all was lost, but um, they're looking to rebuild into the powerhouse they were just a couple of seasons ago. They were quite honestly the team to beat for a good three four years along with the Cumbell War of Fury once they were around but um, Tim I'll let you take Bulleye through for this one you can show us through who Bulleye picked up this year Look, I think one of the most notable signings is Luke Van Zyl. Um obviously he was he was fantastic for Helensburg last year captain of the side uh, of a side that were the top scorers in the uh, across either division last year with 81 goals in the, in the regular season um, and I, I think that what they, they need to be better than last year. Um, they, they obviously failed to make the top five, but I, I think I'd be expecting them to do at least that hopefully this yeah. year. Big losses, though, from Kenji Takahashi and Yuya Kawada. Yeah, obviously, obviously. obviously losing a goalkeeper of that quality. You know, he's, yeah. he's one of the best we've seen in recent yeah. times. Dil, Dil, you did write up an article about the top 10 Japanese players just recently to grace the IPL. Those two were up there, weren't they? Yeah, I think that Yuya has been one of the best goalkeepers over the last few years, and that's actually a problem in the league this year. Uh, well, a potential problem. About half the teams have actually changed their goalkeeper this year. And, uh, yeah, that's a, a massive loss for, for Bulleye. They've they've currently been playing with Ben McGuinness and Daniel Farina playing half and half during the preseason. Um, it's hard to say who's going to end up being the first choice there. And, then and yeah, Yuya, I thought, was a sensational sensational one-on-one defender very quick very reliable and um yeah those two players are going to be big losses for them in the back line you've mentioned obviously they they had a terrible season last year but still managed to come away with some silverware so credit to them on that front but they do know how to win having having seen them a couple of times in pre-season they do look a lot better than at the same stage last year They've signed a couple of uh, Japanese players, Takumu, uh, Tusaju, far out. Tusaju Japanese Mira. translators come back in, please. The, the surnames are getting a lot longer this year, it seems, <laughs> with the uh, Japanese players. But uh, he's, a, he's another attacking player that looks really good. And then I didn't catch the fullback's name, but it, the Japanese fullback for them. He also Thank looks, for that. looks quite good. But <laughs> they've, got, they've, got a, they've got a Filipino international that's trying, that's uh, playing with them called Ian Clark. 
Clarino. Oh, we're going with the Filipino um, translators now. Well, <laughs> well he's, I believe he's got six caps for the Philippines. Obviously, the Philippines aren't highly ranked, but he's been playing professional football. and uh, You had to be half decent to play professionally, yeah. obviously. Um, but he's, uh, he hasn't been registered as of yet. But if that does get over the line, that would be a, an interesting acquisition for, for Bulleye as well. Um, and they've got they've got goal scorers there. You've mentioned Van Zyl. They've got Del Turco already there. Uh, Sam Miranda's been brought brought into the club. Ben McDonald, Dylan Lewis, uh, even when he gets back from injury, they've got goals, uh, and that's a that gives me that makes me believe that Bulleye are a chance of getting back into the five this year. And preseason results indicate that as well. Obviously, that'd be we're going over Albion Park in the Frat Cup. Obviously, quite defeated uh, Gungaland United on the weekend, so. All signs look towards an improved season from the eye, obviously, up at Balls Paddock. They start their season against Wollongong United. That's probably the game of the round, round one, but we'll get into that later on with our new tipping comp, South Coast Football League tipping comp. Us three will get involved in that. Hopefully. Right, we'll Hopefully make it a yeah. competition out of it for sure. Hopefully the games go ahead, though. Touch, yeah, touch a, water. They go ahead. Moving on now, so... As we just touched on a second ago, Wollongong United, they are in the Frat Cup final, which is obviously yet to be played. A couple of new Japanese players, obviously, but one of the biggest ones as well, Dinko Tursic from Cor- Coniston, not Coromel, Coniston, as well as keeping their core from previous years, so like Brooks, all sorts like that. Sam Nastic still Sam there. Sam Nastic well. still there. A couple of five-year five year service players still hanging around at this club. Obviously, they believe they're building something, building something big this season. I think uh, having a relatively settled uh, off-season compared to recent years for the club is a really good thing. They did bring in two Japanese players that have looked uh, really promising in pre-season. You've mentioned Nastic there, and as I said just before, how there's been so many changeovers in terms of goalkeepers, the fact that they've got Nastic, who at the moment probably seems to be uh, the best keeper in the league is a is a tremendous plus. He's made he's had some incredible games in preseason as well, so uh, that's fantastic for them. And I think they're uh, they're uh, could be set for one of their best years in the, in recent years. Well, of course they um, last time they made a grand final against Bulleye a couple of seasons ago. Obviously went down late in that game. Obviously they was looking to go towards the extra time, but they'll be looking to get back to the heights of. Of that season as well. Of course, they always are in there around abouts come September time. They're always, they're always up there for sure. Moving on, so Port Kembla, obviously they've brought in quite a few players. Notable is Chrisito Gomez, comes in from Albion Park. Why was last year? Did he finish the year at Albion Park? He was at Albion Park. I think he came from Port fairly late on in that last campaign. Yeah, he came in there. Tori Musumechi from the Wollongong Wolves and Elias Ayub, who was Fernhill's club captain last year. Obviously, they're relegated now, so Eli's looking still for some first-grade IPL football. Come over to the black and white stallions of Port Kembla. Got a couple more teams left, so of course. We've got teams like South Coast United. We've got Wanuna, Cringilla as well. Obviously... What are your thoughts on those three teams moving forward as well? Uh, well, I've got a few thoughts on all of them, really. Um, <laughs> I've been really impressed with Coniston in the process, and obviously they've made it through, as well. through to the uh, yeah, they've made it through <laughs> to Cup. the Frat Cup final. Great organisation. I think Jeff Allport, in my opinion, is is uh, the best coach in this particular league. 
he's been giving a lot of young players opportunities in pre-season as well as last season, to be fair. I've liked Connor O'Neill in midfield so far. He's played well in, in a holding midfield role. Matt Chenches uh, been in there as well. Radmanovic has scored a goal. They've got a Japanese uh, forward in Tamahito Fajeda, who looks really pacey. And, you know, Coniston, you know, after a season that sort of tailed away last year, everything clicks for them. Uh, they're a chance of making the five this year, and that's uh, really promising for a side that was only in district league, even community league There's in recent there, memory. It's, it's like a real-life game of football managers, and going from the community league all the way through the Premier League. There's a lot of teams in with a shout of the top five this year, which makes for a really, really, really exciting season. There's no one obvious. There's no that, one that, obvious. That would no. say is, is in there, yeah. There, there's a lot of big clubs, but they're all quite. There's close. a lot of shoulds, but not a lot of wills. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I think that I, I I agree with you guys to some extent. I think the top four's pretty much assured, but I think that there's a number of teams that can claim have the a serious fifth spot. That, for the fifth, fifth place. That, that fifth spot. At the end is what's going to be the telling thing. There's going to be a, I think there's going to be a fair few teams disappointed this year, not because of how they played, but just simply because is that competitive? So they couldn't competitive. make the top top five. I'll ask you a question, Jared. South Coast United, you've linked up with them this year. How's uh, how how's Greg Valich's side looking? He's a coach. He's a young coach that I highly rate as well. He, obviously, they didn't lose a game in the second half of last year. So yep. how's things shaping up? Yeah, time? look, Greg, Greg's been very welcoming to me as well. Obviously, I've only. Been there the last recent weeks, but um, yeah, really good setup there, uh, there with a the new synthetic pitch. Now they brought in guys like Ivan Bratyashak come back from I think that's how you pronounce his last no, name. No, you've done well, mate. Done well. You've done well. <laughs> <laughs> he comes in from Sydney United under twenties. How would Greg say it? last year? I don't know. I have to ask him, buddy. But um, yeah, Greg's still in and about as well in a playing capacity and a coaching capacity, more so a coaching capacity. But yeah, having him and Cho Bion Cook there as like mentors. It's it's like a senior figures, but you got a good mixture of youth as well. Obviously, like you said, unbeaten run through the last half of last year. They haven't lost for a good while now. Yeah, they, they seem to in the last couple of years. It's been the the latter part of the season where they've, they've had really a shocking start. Yeah, yeah. And but um no preseason signs have been encouraging. Obviously, they had a win against Cringilla, drew against Paul Kembla, and um, yesterday we played Shoalhaven Districts FA Champions um, Huskers and Vincente, and we got a good six nil win over them. So. Yeah, all signs are looking positive. So, um, talk to me about Andrew Bover. I'm a big fan of Andrew. Big Bover. He's the, he's actually he's actually the reason I'm at South Coast. Okay, and that okay. connection through there from well, the flame. Yeah, he's, so. he's he's a player that I'm really looking forward to. There, I saw yeah. him against Cronulla. Wins a lot of ball in midfield. He's a workhorse. He's a he's a player that uh, has the potential to be going he's, places. Chris Smith's a, a big loss for them though. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah, still got Ricky Bertakis there though. So, um. He's another oh, wise wise head as well. Obviously, a young father, but he, he's he's a good person to Obviously. have around. As well. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got the inside. There is there is no there is no in between at South Coast. It's either you're a young father or you're like twenty years old. There's no in between. That's it. <laughs> but no, look, it's looking real positive. They're looking. They look like they've got their stuff together. Obviously, they brought in their juniors five years ago. They. Looking to build a more professional outfit than obviously what's what has been on show. Obviously, they've been relegation battlers for a good few years now. They're looking to change that, and it's looking all positive out there at the moment with the obviously the facilities they've got and um, the recruitment they've brought in. They've kept a core of young guys and old wise heads. They're gelling that together, and Greg's doing a fantastic job gelling that together. So 
be interesting to see how they go against Coromel, though. Obviously, they're touted to win the title, Coromel. So it'd be interesting. But um, all signs looking up for um, for South Coast, for sure. Moving on, we have Wanuna. Obviously, Dan McGoldrick back at the helm in 2020. But uh, not the best frack cup, deal. Yeah, there are plenty of concerns about Winona. I think the, they've lost a lot of players, and I think the fact that they've lost their captain, Chris Gibson, to Tarawan is a, a massive out. Uh, clubs have been talking to him for a number of years, and he's always uh, sta- stayed true to the Sharks, and he's made the made the move, and I think that's, that's, that's a major concern. There's probably issues at both ends of the park. Um, with him out of the defence, they've lost their goalkeeper in Ben Wunsch, Corey Haynes-Gross is out of the attack. Um could be a pretty tough year for the Sharkies. One mention though, their new centre back Tomohiro Ishii. He is yeah. he knows how to he knows how to win a ball. He yeah. is he is some player. Yeah, I watched him against uh, Olympic where they lost seven two, but he was immense. I, I'm pretty sure he even scored a, a late consolation for them. He's he's so he's so energetic and athletic. He, he won a lot of ball, very competitive. But um, yeah, in that game that they did look really poor, and it, it was it was so easy for Olympic to break them down. Uh, which Olympic I is strong, is, obviously. Yeah, well, I mean, but but it was the way in which they did it that you mm. sort of went, wow, okay, that's that's not good. So I am a bit concerned for winning yeah. this year. Moving on, also, I believe this is the final one, Cringilla. Cringilla Lions, obviously. Not as much, haven't, haven't heard much about the Lions over the process. Obviously, Stuart Beattie's still at the helm. But, um, Dil, what's the insight into the Lions over Cream Park for 2020? Well, I've literally written much of a much and there's no real change. Um, look, Stuart Beatty's a coach that uh, has had success in this league in the past. Uh, he came in last year, done a job, but not overly convincing, to be fair, They've but they did stave off relegation. Um could be a tough year for them because I'm not sure where their goals are going to come from. Apparently, they had a... They played Port Kembla on Tuesday night and they lost 3-2. Uh, and then they played Berkeley. I'm pretty sure they're all age played Berkeley on the Thursday night and lost 1-0. But I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm not sure where the goals are going to come from for Grandilla. I believe Stuart will be able to set up a side that's for a lot of gamers they'll be hard to they'll be hard to defeat. Uh like they'll be able to set up for a clean sheet. Um but could be another tough year for Gringilla. Um but yeah, the the main thing going for them is they they have a coach that uh, does uh, does have a pedigree in this league. Well, I remember the first couple of games he did come in last year. They had like there was a period of about three or four games. They had some big big scalps in those games. They got some massive well, it, results. They were last that ended when up being in. that ended up being the difference well, between. They were last when he came in. Is that right? They were, I believe I so. so. It was. It was. I think actually, it might have been South Coast United. I'm not too sure. I'm pretty sure they played year. each other, and then one of them went just ahead of the other. Mm. Yeah. And then. Well, in the end, like there wasn't much between them and Fernil with regards to relegation. Obviously, Fernil had a shocking season last year, but those games when B came in and they got some big results, that was that ended up being the difference between them playing Premier League and playing District League in 2020. But um, yeah, so obviously, massive, massive news out of. All the Premier League clubs, I we can say, just about all Premier League clubs. Just, just before we go on, Tarawana, have we touched on them? That's the one club I think we Briefly. We touched on them briefly. Obviously, Gibson. Plenty of youngsters, which will be interesting to see how they go. Obviously, Sam Munro's still there, so. They've got, 
And then Peter Willis as well, obviously. He's a coach with pedigree as well. It'd be interesting to see how they go, though. Obviously, they did get a win against Winuna. They did... I believe, what was their, what was their second prep Belambi. cup game? Belambi. They got up against Belambi, yeah. yeah. But then... Um, beaten by Coniston. In beaten the, by Coniston, uh, yeah. Quarterfinal. No, quarterfinal, semi-final of the frat cup. Mm. But they did get a good win against San Suzy. San Suzy, thank you very much. <laughs> got a good win against them after extra time. So obviously that's a confidence builder for the season coming up. So um, they got the Cringilla Lions first game of the season on Friday night, I believe it is. Yes, that's So it'll be great for them to open round one and open the season with a win. So that is the IPL for 2020. Stay tuned to the South Coast Football Holly. We're coming up next with our five bold caps, caps, caps lock bold predictions. And, of course, the new South Coast Football Holly tipping comp, which we mentioned on earlier. Stay tuned. Welcome on back, segment three of the South Coast Football Holic episode one. You're listening to Jared, Tim, and Dylan Arvella, our special guest reporter, in for episode one, the release of the South Coast Football Holic. We're going to touch on the Illawarra District League right now. So, obviously, Falcons have had a half decent preseason. They are in for a shout, but Fernhill recently relegated. What's your thoughts on Fernhill, do you think? Do you reckon they're going to bounce back from a tough, tough season last year? Or yeah, I think they brought, in a, they brought in some some good players, obviously coming over from Balambi, who got promoted. So that they've got players who know who know how to win the league. So um, I think it'll be interesting to see how they perform, though, whether, whether those players will gel straight in or, or what's the go with that kind of thing. Who's your tip for the title winners for the district league coming in the year? Who's going up to the Premier League in 2021? Well, I think Fernie will have a have a really good chance. They've got a Dale White's coaching his first year as a head coach, which is is good to see a a player that's been around for a long time stepping into coaching. Um, whether or not he plays or not will be interesting to see. He's got a side that's got some experienced players in there from Fernie of old and uh, Balambi of uh, last year, as well as some players that have younger players that have got a bit of a Premier League experience now. So. They're a real chance of uh, giving giving it a tilt in the second tier. Oak Flats, I uh, mentioned a bit earlier, they, they did get pumped by Belamby in that trial, but they were missing about half their squad. But Minotello and Capetta have uh, been, been there for a year now, so it'll be interesting to see how how they fare. Uh, Hayato Sotomori, who was their little playmaker last year, is back on board. So he was great there last year, and I expect him to do pretty good things there this year. And... Uh, so they're the they're probably my top two, but outside of that, you're looking at maybe Unendera. They've got Rod Williams as their coach. They've yeah, got uh, to scout Unendera as well. Mark Piccolini, who's scored you know a thousand goals in district league. Um, so they could be in the hunt. Helensburg have been close, but they've lost a lot of players. But yeah, it'd be good to big, see uh, not just losses, big big losses as well. Obviously, they've all gone up to the higher leagues. So. But they've had a good youth grade team for a, for a number of years, so it'll be good to see uh, Brad Borden give them a bit more game time and see how they fare as well. Right. Who's in trouble? Who is going to be down the bottom of the district league come this end of the year? I, I think for me, Berkeley. That's the one I'm sort of I'm sort of thinking about. Obviously, they didn't win a game last year in the district league. Which is disappointing, a, obviously. Got a, got a couple of draws. 
Um, and this preseason, they haven't been too good either. I'm pretty sure, again, they've lost all their games. So, um, Balgani yeah. as well, they've been a bit underwhelming. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've watched them a couple of times. I watched them against Helensburg, and they, they looked they looked, they looked looked good in patches is what I'd say. They're a bit inconsistent. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I've seen them. I've seen them draw with Helensburg, and then they they went down four three to to Warilla. So yeah. All right, who's the Illawarra District League dark horse for twenty twenty? Who is going to be the surprise packet? I guess out of the competition. Well, you you look at Shock Cove. They're a, they're a chance. They're they they always sort of uh, threaten to put together a really good squad, but they've they've have a track record of falling away. Uh, as the season progresses, but they're a chance. The rule are always there or thereabouts. Uh, Nathan Mucci and whatnot are all still there, so they're they're obviously district league player of the year last year. Old Mucci yeah. as well, so. so they're they're in they're in the shout. But yeah, this the four that I mentioned earlier. You tack those two on, maybe University, uh, but other than that, I'm not too sure whether anyone else is uh, really threatening the top five. Yeah, I was just going to second um, Shell Cove as well. Obviously, they had a Decent preseason, obviously some good results under the belt. So it'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see how um, they shape up in the league this year. And um, that's our little recap of the Illawarra District League for 2020. Right now, Jared, I've heard you've got a, a few bold predictions for us. I do, I do. Mate, would you I like do to indeed. recount those for would us? I like, would I like to recount them? All right. Number one. Here we go. Here we go. This, be good. this is where the money is made. Number one. Is so, he getting paid for this? Or? <laughs> Not at the moment, mate. It, just saying, if anyone wants to sponsor us, just hit us up on our socials, all right? Uh, <laughs> moving on. So Fans only. Fans. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Tax deductible. Uh, prediction number one, I have Olympic to go back-to-back. I Honestly, I've, the game I saw in preseason against Balambi, the signings they've made, I re- I'm happy to be wrong. Obviously, they got defeated by Wollongong United, who are going to be strong as anything. There's, there's a good core of teams who can win this league this season. But um, with Hasegawa and Haynes up top, and you've got Fordham every at the back, that's like two of your biggest issues solved straight away. And um, they're, they're my pick. They're just my pick. They're always strong. They're always dom- they've always dominated around about this league the last five or so years. Uh, I reckon they're going to do it again in 2020. Number two, I've got Bulleye back in to get that fifth spot in the finals. I reckon, I reckon they're going to be back. I reckon Bulls Paddock. Um, obviously, we touched on their new signings earlier, but um, they've had a strong, they've had a strong preseason, some good results. Got a good score there. Julio Miranda's up there now in the up at the ice. So. Um, Good signs for the eye. I reckon they're going to be in there, thereabouts. Number three, and I want your opinion on this as well. I've got my prediction we're going to have a golden boot race between Hasegawa, Van Elia, and Jordan Nikolovsky. That's my prediction. I've got, no, obviously, Nikolovsky had plenty of goals in preseason. Van Elia had 24 goals last year. Hasegawa, obviously, his pedigree. I reckon that's going to be our golden boot this race this year. What do you think? I think Cameron Morgan might have something oh, to say. Add, add Cameron Morgan in there as well. <laughs> Sorry, you got 14, 14 goals on the weekend? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was, yes. Four, four-way race. Morgan, Hasegawa, Van Elia, and Jordan Nikolovsky. 
Anyone else you reckon you look at? Uh, I think you. I think Hasegawa's the one that you got to pick. He's my t- Olympic my tip, probably my tip at this stage. Recording this on Monday uh, to take out the premiership. Uh, so if they're taking out the premiership, I've got him down to be the leading goal scorer. And likewise with Albion Park, I reckon if they're taking out the premiership, it's going to be either Nikolovsky or or Morgan as well. Obviously, they've had some strong pre-seasons again on the back of the strong year last year. Obviously, Karen Morgan just came one place short of taking on the George Naylor medal, who some argued that he was... He, he he could have quite easily taken home that medal ahead of Van Elia, and Van Elia could have easily taken home ahead of him. It could have gone either way that night, but um, they were both equally just as deserving. Of course, um, coaching pedigree as well. George Antonio, how many years has been a, has he been at Olympic now? Uh, so this will be his third season. Third season. He did have a stint at Albion Park beforehand, I believe, for about half a season when Allport moved on, but. Um, yeah, it's 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 anyone's game, but those four are the four that um, that are going to be in the race for the golden boot. If someone, if a smoky comes up, by all means, I'm so I'm happy to be wrong. I'm happy to be wrong with all these predictions, actually. But um, you keep you keep covering yourself, there, mate. Are you I, sure? I can't cover myself. I'm a I don't I don't want to look like the bad podcast bloke who just hides behind a microphone. Moving well, that's on, what we all are. That's, <laughs> why, that's what that's why we're here and not out in the open. Uh, number four, and this is also a smoke as well. I've got Falcons to make a push for the district league title. I've got the Oak Flats Falcons up there. Yeah, well, that's who I've got. So they've maintained the core of their squad. Also, want to give a little shout out to their um, what do you call it? Their piss take Insta page. Oh yes, run by their players yes. as well. They obviously they made a little comment on our um, on our Twitter the other day saying if they want their admins to come in for our Twitter. Honestly, seriously, it's a funny page. It's their page is funny. I want their admins it's, it's to be the football holiday admins. The, Bring the them region. in. Seriously, yeah. they'll f- I haven't noticed this one. Have you noticed? Really Come on, have, oh, have, have a look at their Instagram. Have a look at their Instagram. Oak Flats Falcons. Okay, it's <laughs> honestly it's some fantastic work. But um, all seriousness, no, they've maintained their core of their squad. Obviously, you got Boki Saric back there for another year. You've got. Joshy Eagleton, you've got the Capetta family, you've got um, Jared Vinton, he's back for another season. Darren Jones is out there as well now. Dazza J- Jones is out there, I did not know that. That's that's um, insider knowledge, you heard it here first, I didn't know that. No, he, he's a he's a top bloke, Jonesy, obviously, Wollongong Wolves under-18s coach for this season. And um, yeah, obviously, he was at the Flame for a couple of years now, he, uh, coaching capacity and a playing capacity. Obviously, it's good to see him continue that on. Obviously, he's still got the fire burning in his belly for the game, both on and off the field. But um, he's, he's a good character for morale to have around old Darren Jones, for sure. Having a good look at the Insta there? I couldn't find it. <laughs> you couldn't find it? <laughs> Honestly, it's, it, is, me off. it is fantastic. No, it's a fantastic oh, Insta page. Go and follow the Oak Flats Falcons Insta page. Round five. I've got round one. Now, this is a round one prediction. I've got Hasegawa or Haynes Gross to grab a hat trick against Balambi this weekend. I reckon one of them's going to grab a hat trick. Balambi's winning this 1 0 now, you know it. Maybe, maybe not. I might have jinxed them. I might not have. Again, I'm covering my ass. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that is. That's my prediction, obviously. We've touched on so many times how dangerous they are. But. 
If it, if it does, if the scoreline does go that way quite significantly, you wouldn't oh, you can, wouldn't put it past. I can them. guarantee if Olympic get a big win this weekend, if they score one early. Of, yeah. One of them's going to get a hat trick. Obviously, um, excuse me, Haynes Gross got a hat trick against uh, Wanuna. Yeah, he's in goal scoring form. Continue on from last year, so it's anyone's guess, Indeed. but that's my guess. All right, any more bold predictions? <laughs> no. I'm only I'm the only one game to do a bold prediction here, am I? Look, all right, I've got I've got you've one got, here. You've got one. I've got one here. It's Off very the top bold. Of the head. Wollongong United to finish top. You got the United winning the league. Yeah. That's not a bad prediction yeah. though. That's not a half a bad prediction. They're, they've always been strong. Dinko Tursic, I reckon he's obviously he's proven at the local level to be quite a prevalent goal scorer. He is a goal scorer. Yeah, he is a goal scorer. Obviously, he was quite a cult figure at um, Coniston for many years now. Especially especially in that district league season. He was in incredible. The, he was unbelievable. I think he had, it might have been more than a goal a game, or at least it was close he, to that, yeah. Like, like a lot of these players we've been talking about, he can find the back of the net, for sure. You can add him to your top scoring list as the well? Top sco- my top scoring list as well. Who, who's that, Haynes Gross? No, Dinko Tersic. Dinko Tersic. I'd be happy if he was up there. I'll be definitely happy. I'll be happy if anyone was up there, honestly. Yeah, just, we, we get that. Yeah. I just love this game so much, you know. <laughs> Checking out Twitter feed, Dill. What's new on, what's on, on Twitter? No more coronavirus. <laughs> i Bobby was posting. <laughs> no more coronavirus cases in the Illawarra yet. Obviously, one fir- confirmed, first one confirmed this morning. No more. Look, I'm going to leave my uh, bowl predictions out for the moment. I'm um, writing the uh, season previews for Football South Coast, mm-hmm. so they'll we'll be up that later out. in the week. So uh, check that out. You can see there some any bowl predictions there. Very bowl predictions through there. Obviously, in the published form, written form, not the audio form. Well, I'm still yet to make my mind up. So. Still yet to make <laughs> your mind up. Yeah, that's that's how much effort is put into this podcast. Exactly right. Yeah, seriously, I made my mind up very quickly. So There's a I, lot of effort put into this then. podcast. It's not just us chatting rubbish for a good no. three hours. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, it is, I, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's fair. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Final topic of discussion, obviously, our little South Coast Football Holiday Tipping Comp. Now, we'll provide everyone updates of this tipping comp through our socials. Obviously, on Twitter, the little plugins we said at the start of the episode, our Twitter, our Instagram, and our Facebook Dill's going to join in on this one. We'll, we'll, get, we'll he, get his opinion yeah. as well. For sure, he can join our disagree comp. Uh, sorry, our tipping comp. Yeah. But um, good to get a little competition in amongst the uh, podcast, for sure. Mm. And it gives some some things to talk about as well, obviously. Why'd you pick this team? Why'd you pick that team? Da, 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 da. Okay. So, game number one. Obviously, Cringilla versus Tarawana. Friday night at 8 p.m. at... Korean Park. Who have you got? Tara Warnerman. You've got Tara? For sure, yeah. I reckon I reckon they'll pick up a result there. Dill? Uh, I love Friday nights at Korean Park. Nothing better. Uh probably probably one of my favourite uh, sort of things in Illawarra football. Can't say it's a it's a barnstorm stormer of a game to get this season underway. Um but I'm actually gonna go for a draw in this one, I think. Go um, for a draw. I don't have big ups on Tarawana this year. They've probably got a better squad assembled than Cringilla, but uh, I think uh, Cringilla hold out for a draw in this one. There we go. Stuart B, coach side on now for a, for a draw. Um, I've got Tarawana down, obviously. They've got um, they've got plenty of young blokes in there. Obviously, guys like Sam Mumro are back, so 
they they have played together. A lot of these guys have played together. A couple of guys pushing up in the first team from the youth sides. Willis is a good coach. I'm sure he'll get these guys together. And I'll get. I'm sure Oregon Tarawana to take out the opening game of the season. Under the lights up at Korean Park on Friday night. Now, this is my pick for match of the round. Wollongong United against Bulleye. Macedonia Park, 2.30pm on a Saturday Arvo. Doesn't get much better than that. My tip is Wollongong United. Yeah, well, if I'm going to continue with my Wollongong United for the, the league champions, I better, better pick better. them to win this one. You yeah. better. Invincibles? Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Just, okay, just that's, a, that's another bold prediction. Yeah. You heard it here first. Dill? Good rivalry between these two clubs, but uh, for this particular game, I think Wollongong United get to get the biscuits. Probably one goal to nil. Did touch on that uh, that rivalry. Obviously, it's stretched out for a number of years now. Obviously, one of the biggest games about the rivalry was that 2018 grand final. Obviously, Bullock got home late, late, late in that game, two goals to one. But um, yeah, like you said, a lot of rivalry. Between the two, two, I believe. Three goals to two. My bad. My bad. I know it was a difference. I know it was a difference of one goal. Beatty got on the score sheet. Did Guy Knight get the winner? Was it Guy Knight who got the winner? Yes. Yes. Obviously, yeah. Callahan. Callahan Callahan score. I think I think he got. I think he scored the other one. Yeah. My bad. So they went went two nil up, didn't they? And then it went to all three of them playing for the Wolves now. Yeah, all three. Three. They were probably three of the Bulldogs' biggest players over the last five years. All definitely not disappointing us for the Wolves, those three, for sure. They have made a... Beattie's first couple of games have been... I watched the Wolves. Beattie's, Beattie does not look out of place in NPL 1 at all. Obviously, he played at St. George last year. And Knight and Callahan obviously had a year under their belt last year winning winning the uh, league and winning the NPL final series towards the end of the year. But um, three fantastic players, obviously. So we'll see... See how they push forward, obviously. But my tip is Wollongong United up against Bulleye. Although I am a closet Bulleye fan, I don't mind if they win. <laughs> don't give, right. don't give that out. Uh-huh. No inside information. Winuna Sharks against Albion Park. Now this game was meant to be played at Ocean Park. It's now be changed to Terry Reserve on Saturday afternoon. Tips. 4.30 p.m., it says on the uh, Football South Coast website I believe, as well. I believe so. It's been... Albion Park's... I recall when when South Coast United make the trip down there in about a month or two. Our game's meant to be kicking off at 5 o'clock down there. So I don't mind different times. I it's think it's it, something uh, different, I guess. Yeah. Your tip, Tim? Albion Park, mate. Albion Park. Yeah, and I think I think potentially if they do score early and Albion Park do play quite well, again, with the, the, the calibre of attackers they have, could be uh, quite a high scoreline in that one. They've got a lot of weapons in their arsenal. Especially sure. considering Winuna's 7-2 defeat to Olympic. It'll be interesting to see how they bounce back for that, though. Of course, obviously, that things like that in the preseason can spur a side to drastically change very, very quickly. But time will tell, I guess, on Saturday. Hopefully, the game goes ahead. Uh, Dill, your tip? Yeah, White Eagles, too good. I'm the same. White Eagles, they've just got so much firepower at the moment, I reckon. So, so we've predicted the exact same thing. This tipping comp isn't going very well, <laughs> it's is it? <laughs> uh, it'll come to later in the year. I'd actually no deal. Deal tipped a draw in the in the tarot game. So oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, all right, then no so, worries. Then talk about bold predictions, Mister Arvella with the bold predictions. This one, my Coniston and Paul Kembler, 
3 p.m. Saturday, JJ Kelly Park. Now, if there's one place you want to open your season, it is a pristine JJ Kelly Park at 3 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon. That place is immaculate. It is, it is, yeah. I've got Coniston. Obviously, their preseason form was fantastic, and I reckon they'll continue that on. I, I'm, I'm the same. I do think Coniston this year. Oh, the same. Look, well, I mean, if you, you put me first, I would have said the same thing. Right, okay. Closing up this book. Dill, your tip? <laughs> that's the problem with this round. Most of these games seem pretty one-sided, I think. Uh, but that's that's it, the thing with the IPL. You'd think that Paul Kembler would um, it won't be change. better than uh, what they showed when they lost 4-0 in the pre-season cup. Obviously, there were circumstances throughout that match that led to the lopsided score. But, yeah, Coniston, uh, yeah, maybe by a goal. He did say about, like, it seemed pretty simple to tip um, for this round, but... We'll, we'll get all of these wrong. That's when come Sunday morning, we're probably one out of five, six <laughs> games. Exactly right. We've all gone wrong. And our expert tag just goes flying out the window. No one will ever listen to us ever again. Please listen to us. Uh, next game, we have South Coast United and Coromel. 6.30 Saturday night at Ian McLennan Park. Obviously, the only synthetic pitch in this region. Got utilised quite a fair bit in the preseason, and obviously with all the washed-out frat cup games. Who have you got in this one? Ah, um, Coromel. Yeah. You got Coromel? I, I think so. Dill? Yeah, South... I'd have Coromel probably, probably either way, but South Coast United... Uh, uh, pretty notorious for being slow starters. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go towards the Rangers as well to uh, kickstart their season. This is going to kill me, but I picked Caramel as well. Just quietly, but I ho- I'm going to... Are you on the team sheet? Or... Uh, <laughs> yeah. It might not be after this is published Thursday afternoon. All right. Greg, I hope you're not listening. <laughs> right, but... No, I'm happy to be wrong with that one. I don't care if I lose the tipping column. If we win every game this season, I'm happy to lose this tipping column for sure. Wollongong, Olympic and Balambi, 2.30 PCYC. Only Sunday afternoon game of the Premier League round one. I've got Olympic this one. We all know why. They're firepower. They're strong. Up top and at the back. Yep, I I, I am of the same opinion. Shocked. Well, see, I'm kind of getting tempted just to just to say the opposite of you. To be well, honest, do it. Fine, all right, I will. You, I'm I'm picking Balambi one nil win, mate. Balambi one nil win. one nil win. Patterson header from a corner for the winner. Yeah, dodgy set piece. I don't reckon. No, nah, nothing dodgy. Tapping. Nothing dodgy. That's the last thing we want. No, just no. A pristine. <laughs> I can I can see it now. PCYC four o'clock nil nil. It's, pa- it's going to be late. It's going to be late. Patterson up with it. Patterson up with a header to win it. For sure. Exactly right, man. Exactly right. Dill, the only wise head in this conversation at the moment. I think an Olympic will win, but I think the Balambi, it would be interesting to see how they go uh, getting forward. The Olympic will be without Mark Every, who's suspended. suspended. Yes, um, but, mention that as well. Um, yeah, what I'm looking, because I believe I'll be at this game, um, I'm just interested to see how Balambi set up in attack. Obviously, they probably won't have uh, a bulk of possession, but I'm interested to see how uh, Kentar, their their winger attacks, Unicum as well, uh, how they how they approach things and whether they can get on the score sheet. Because if they can perhaps even get away from the PCYC with uh, a goal or two, even if it's even if they do go down, as long as it's not 
like an aforementioned seven two or something like that. I think the pain will be able to take some take some confidence out of that. That's our tips. Now we got two more. We have our rep sides this weekend. Obviously, the Wolves are up against big game Sunday Arvo. Wolves hosting Marconi Stallions two thirty p.m. And the Flame are away in Lithgow, I believe, this weekend. They're taking on Western New South Wales Mariners. Who have you got for the Wolves game? Wolves reporter Tim Gibson. Who have yeah, you got? Yeah, f- football New South Wales. Wollongong reporter, mate. Wollongong yeah. reporter. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's I, a, it is a pleasure to watch this Wolves side, but obviously they haven't had the best start. Yeah, they, they were a bit flat against... Um, who were they playing last round? Oh, North you Shore. should know this. North Shore Mariners. Yeah, Come North, on. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. new, I'm new to the league. I'm new to the league. Yeah, not no, good enough. I, I think they, they were a bit flat, which is a bit concerning, but they are still scoring goals. So that, that's been positive. I, 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 I'm going to back them in this game, I think, against a, an opposition like Marconi. Marconi. You could potentially see the best of them. They do, they do rise to the big occasion, this team, most of the time. Um, obviously, round one against Sydney Olympic. Didn't have their best game. Went up against some big players, though. Fabio Ferreira is one that comes to mind. Locker Lingoy of Olympic as well. Obviously, both got A-League experience. Wolves rose to the occasion and got a late 2-1 win, which I guess shows, they, if anything, they've got a lot of character this side. Obviously, I reckon that's instilled from the top, Wilkshire, obviously. The guy is a, he's a workhorse from player, coach, all the way down. Even does some work from for Optus Sport as well. He's a workhorse and he's got that win-at-all-cost mentality, which I believe a lot of us need in in football in this region. Dill, your tip, Wollongong Wolves against Marconi Stallions. I completely forgot about that Sydney Olympic game. You completely <laughs> forgot about that Sydney Olympic just, game? All I was remembering was a North Shore game where they were. There was just a... Luke Wilshire has driven a lot of intensity into that side, but they were lacking in that particular game. But Marconi have had a... Pretty pretty impressive start to the season, beating Olympic themselves 2-0 last weekend. Um, you know, obviously... Had a big win against the Southern Sharks, round one as yeah, well. Yeah, beat uh, Sydney FC pretty comfortably as well. But uh, look, uh, obviously Walsh is out there for the win, but I think this could end up in a, with a draw. Uh, the Wolves at home? No. Yes, yeah, yes they're at they home. They are. Albert Butler. Albert Butler, two uh, thirty on a Sunday, are they? I think we'll go. I'll go for a draw in go this for a draw. Uh, particular match. I'm gonna go. I'll go with Wollongong, two one. Moving on, last tip of this podcast for episode one. We've got the South Coast Flame taking on Western New South Wales Mariners. Obviously, Flame have, haven't had the best start. Yeah, but I think that. Uh... They'll they'll get the they'll get the job done here. They've like I said in the last game they had some couple of uh, bit of luck go against them, but they played all right. And the from all reports they played pretty well in the first game as well. Western Mariners uh, not the strongest club, so I think that they'll get the three points. Yeah, here. you were like saying you were saying that as well. Obviously they were relegated from um, from MPL three last year. Obviously they had a very tricky year along with Camden Tigers, Hawkesbury City. Granville Rage as well, and obviously Parramatta, who the Flame went down to last weekend. 3 p.m. on Saturday. Just a quick note as well. Western New South Wales got their first points of the year last weekend. 2-2 draw with Camden Tigers. But um, went down 6-2 to Parramatta FC in round one, obviously. So conceded eight goals in two games, I guess. Is that an area where the Flame can exploit, do you think? 
I think Sandy Lycock's going to have to... He'll have to be on song for get sure. On, get on the scoreboard to see his confidence. He's their big signing, definitely in terms of attack. And we've seen in the Premier League that he's a goal scorer. And at MPL 4 level, he should really be targeting that 15, 20-goal mark. Uh, and if that's the case, then Flame are a long way to going. Uh, that's, that'll go a long way for the Flame having a good season. I've got the Flame this, in this one as well. I reckon it will... I reckon they'll get a convincing win in the end. Uh, what about you, Tim? Yeah, I, I think I think that South Coast Flames should get up, but I wouldn't be surprised for perhaps a, a draw or something like that. Okay. But, yeah. You reckon? And so obviously at the foot of the mountains, at Lithgow on. It's a pretty pathetic field. I've got to be honest. I remember, <laughs> I remember, never I'm not sure that why first they're not game. playing in Bathurst because they're based out of Bathurst. I'm not sure why their games maybe are... maybe coronavirus or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. The run for the Flame the next couple of weeks, I just quickly mention as well. After this weekend, they're home to Greenville Rage, away to Hurstville FC, and then back home against Hawkesbury City. So, not the easiest run, but certainly a run where they can get results. Now, the Wolves, obviously, they have their Mount Druitt game postponed, so they'll be rescheduled at a later date. After this, they have Rockdale City away on a Sunday afternoon, which is a tough result. Sorry, two tough games coming up. Rockdale away and Sydney United away. Mm. Sydney United is notorious for having the best active support in this league. The Wolves need to get a result. Probably have to touch on that at the time, I guess. Guess so. (laughs) Guess so. All right, well, Dill, thanks a lot for coming on for this first podcast. Appreciate your insights. I appreciate being here. Tim, you did all right. (laughs) That's, That's probably a very... Fair assessment. Nah. Well done, well done, everyone. Thanks a lot for listening. Be sure to follow our socials as well. Like I said at the start of the episode, Facebook, the South Coast Footballholic. Instagram is at South Coast Footballholic. Twitter is at SC Footballholic. Thanks, boys. I'll see you guys next week.